Kingston. You're listening to CFRC 101.9 FM here in Kingston, and welcome to Screening in Kingston. Welcome back, everybody, to Screening in Kingston. Um, Streaming in Kingston. Yes. Today <laughs> today we are streaming in Kingston um, for various reasons. Well, the Kingston Canadian Film Festival was this weekend. And because the films were only the one weekend, mm-hmm. unlike Real Out, it didn't really make sense for us to review anything this week um, because you can't, you, you can't see it. So we just yeah. talked about the festival leading up to it. But uh, we, we looked at the screening room schedule and realized, oh, there's no new releases. So we're going to stream. So we're going to stream. <laughs> and actually, it's kind of interesting because we have a lot to talk about within streaming as well because we have some headlines that kind of talk about that. But there's this whole sort of quote-unquote streaming war that's going on, streaming versus Spielberg cinema. Spielberg versus Spielberg Netflix. versus Netflix. So, <laughs> yeah, there's a lot to actually get into with this. So it actually kind of worked out really well. Yeah, I said to Mike before the show started, it's like Spielberg knew we were having a streaming yeah. episode. Yeah. He cares so much about what we do and yes. what we talk about. And he's like, oh, I've got something for you. Here's a quote. <laughs> um, and also we, we select. So what we did was we selected for each other a movie that we thought the other person would generally not watch or we knew hadn't seen mm-hmm. on their own to review. So I selected for you Black Panther. Yes, because our s- listeners should know. Yeah, you're not a superhero movie fan. <laughs> and you haven't seen a lot of Marvel stuff. No. And, and with its Oscar wins and the fact that it relatively, I think it's one of the ones you can kind of just jump into, it made sense. It was topical. Um, and then you, for me, you picked Paris is Burning, which is a documentary. Yeah, it's a documentary from the late 80s, early 90s, which is kind of considered pivotal, 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 pivotal. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm looking for. <laughs> it's um, considered kind of like a linchpin in the queer community in terms of documentaries. But it's also one of those, I think, kind of feature length documentaries that has a lot of um, weight to it. And I know you don't watch a lot of documentaries. No. So I thought it's a little bit the subject matter is a little bit maybe out of your wheelhouse typically mm-hmm. drag balls maybe mm-hmm. isn't what yeah, you're normally not, watching not a lot of experience with 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 uh, the sort of queer idea culture of, yeah and especially this because particular i mean we'll get into it in a little bit but this particularly talks about the the balls that they yes. they hold which is basically like going to kind of kind of like a they walk the catwalk type of thing but it's more complex complex than that mm-hmm. but basically it's it becomes this social opportunity for for people to kind of gain a new family and and i'll get into it later i want to talk about it in more in detail but it kind of becomes this cultural social thing but they also take the ball very seriously oh, there are yes. trophies there are prizes there are categories there's debates and discussions and judges and yeah it was it's definitely something that i didn't have a lot of um Reference, reference and, and knowledge of going into it. Other than I mentioned to you, there was a real out film that I saw a couple of years ago that had a couple similar mm-hmm. things in it. Uh, but yeah, it was definitely a, a lot of new things for me, for sure. Yeah. And I just, yeah, I don't think you watch very many like social investigative. No. So I thought this would be fun, different. Yeah. Yeah. I think we, we sort of, I think we both knew each other well enough to pick <laughs> these films, and I think it kind of works for two very I think different it did. reasons. Yeah. So, um, so we'll get into that in a little bit, but first, we always have fan questions. Yay. We've got a couple great ones to kick off today. Oh my gosh, my f- all-time favorite 
not to laugh. I shouldn't giggle. This first oh, this one first is my all-time yeah, favorite. I, I want to apologize right off the bat to Matthew, who wrote in, who has a question. I also laughed because the way you framed it is a little comical. You've made more questions you, than Yeah, we have so many questions for you, and like we feel for you in this, but we're, we're going to talk about it. So anyway, so Matthew wrote in, and he asks, my ex-girlfriend cheated on me during an Amanda Bynes movie. Now I can't watch Amanda Bynes. Is there any movie or movie star ruined for you because of personal circumstances? So the part that made me laugh was just the during um, an Amanda Bynes movie. So here are my questions, Matthew. Were you like watching an Amanda Bynes movie and you turned to her and like she's on top of somebody? Or like did you find out during an Amanda Bynes movie? Or did you find out like she went to an Amanda Bynes movie? There's so many questions in here. Like this is awful and like we don't, also, we're not making light Amanda of this. Amanda Bynes. Like... Yeah, that's very specific. There's like we were trying to name Amanda Bynes movies and we came up with a handful. She's the man? She's the man is like her most hairspray. And then the one where she goes to London. The one where she goes to London and Colin Firth is her father. Yeah. Those are the three that <laughs> Those are the I can three think that we of. Can come up with. And also so, very old. So how I wonder uh, yeah, how like, old uh, you were. I mean, when... maybe this was a while ago, um, and Amanda Bynes is still ruined for you, which is fine. She's not even acting anymore. So we were saying at least it's not like Jennifer Lawrence or something, which would have been worse. But anyway, uh, Matthew, we feel for you, and like that that really sucks. And um, yeah, we were, why don't you go first? Is there anything that's ruined for you because of personal stuff? There's nothing like movies that are ruined there's movies that i associate with an ex which is which are 500 days of summer martyrs and antichrist those three movies i associate once again a great taylor list because <laughs> it's just like some of those things don't belong together so um those are the, but i wouldn't say the movies are ruined for me like i could return to them but i definitely would while i was watching them think of my ex there's bands that are completely ruined like i cannot listen to the smiths um i've never even heard of the smiths morrissey i'm not a music person yeah, i shouldn't yeah. even say that like as well i've never heard of it like of course no, but I don't uh know yeah the smiths are ruined for mm. me so how matthew feels about amanda Bynes, you i you feel about can morrissey. relate yeah i see for me i'm a little different like there are certain things that for a time period i probably would stay away from mm. but i don't know when it comes to movies and movie stars it's not like any of my exes created those things like they don't own it or like so she was an actress and every time you have to turn on oh, the tv for sure. like in that scenario i would understand like yeah. if i had an ex who was an actress then like i would definitely be like i can't watch mm -hmm. this show that she's in anymore but that's never happened so i think that for me i don't know i i guess i was just like I love movies so much, and anyone I've ever dated has never liked movies to the same amount. Right. Actually, sometimes they think I'm strange for how much I like it. <laughs> so those are some and of the struggles. And that's why they're exes? Exactly. Well, no, but that's <laughs> <laughs> maybe that's a good reason why they're exes. But I, yeah, I can't think of anything specific that's like, I can't watch this anymore. Do you have I've a movie that you think of, though? That, like, reminds me yeah. of an ex? Hmm... Not that I can think of off the top of my head. There were shows and stuff I stopped watching for a period right. of time, but I always went back to them. Um, no. No, I don't think so. Well, you're better off than so. Matthew. Yeah, but I, but I also understand that because there are definitely oh, yeah, things I would real. avoid. Like there are definitely like, – I remember um, going through a breakup and there was a television show that, that we were watching together. And once we broke up, I was like, I can't 
keep watching this mm-hmm. TV show. I just couldn't do it. Felt so, weird. but eventually, I think I, years later, I returned to it just to sort of. I like to finish things and mm-hmm. know where things go. But no, I don't think I, there are definitely shows though that I will say I relate to, especially when I'm single. When okay. I'm single and I'm and I'm thinking about things like I find How I Met Your Mother can be sometimes challenging to watch because seeing. Uh, that's a, t- you know, a TV show where basically this guy is going through a struggle to meet the perfect person. Yeah. And seeing him go through that struggle is really hard. Like all the breakups. Yeah. And... yeah oh, yeah. Like I, I, like I stay away. From, I don't think I've watched How I Met Your Mother in a while because I just stay away from it. Mental health. It's good. You know, it's self-care. Yeah. And, and, and I think and I think for Matthew, I think you're doing the right thing, actually. Like if you it, like if Amanda Bynes is going to ruin something for you, and make you feel awful, then stay away. Especially because it was um, cheat the cheating. Yes. It, absolutely. That's like a traumatic. Way. It wasn't yeah. like, oh, she broke up, just broke yeah. up with you during yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. I Ouch. and I definitely get that. And I think mm-hmm. you should just like stay away from it 100%. And it, frankly, you're not missing much. It's yeah, she doesn't have an no. extensive body So work. there's many, many, many more actors you can follow and follow their work. And Good question, though. Yeah, it's a great question. Um, Kathy writes in, this is more of a comment than a question. Um, great Oscar episode, Mike and Taylor. Great job recapping. The contest was a great idea. Congrats to the three winners. I decided to watch the last hour of the Oscars, and the best part of the hour was Olivia Coleman's acceptance, acceptance speech. Um, what a treat she was. Looking forward to the Kingston Film Festival. She was cute. It was a good speech, and it was a good acceptance speech. And I think that um, the contest seemed to go over well with people. So that's Have you arranged our prizes? We have. Dis- uh, Moira and I have been in contact. Great. We have discussed, so um, we'll have to set up her takeover episode. I'm just in the process of contacting the second and third place because I wanted to get the first place yeah. to make sure she can accept all the prizes and everything. So, uh, yeah, Moira will be joining us in the coming weeks. In person. Uh, in person. In, in an episode. So we will announce and talk about that a little bit later. Uh, and then I'm going to contact, I believe it was Paul. I can't remember the name of the person who came in third. Um, but we will offer them, I think, the opportunity to plan out an episode. Yeah. So it'll still be you and me, but we'll have them produce it and plan That's it fun. out. That's fun. Yeah. Erica uh, is back <laughs> and wants everyone to know, I have no big problem with Taylor. She's just not my speed. Oh, God. And I have something to play for that. So so Erica wants everyone to know that Taylor is, is not her speed. Not quite my tempo. Um, <laughs> not her cup of tea. Not her no, tempo. Not her tempo. Not her. Not her. She's not my biggest fan. No, no. She she <laughs> she's she would not. She will listen to the show. But if you left, maybe the show just gets a little bit better yeah. for her. You know, like maybe if we replaced you with someone, <laughs> it would just be a little bit better. Um, and I, I really like you pointed this out. She says, I have no big problem with Taylor. Just a small one. Just Small one. Small though. Um, the small one being she doesn't like me. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> to each his own. I honestly thought I would be the person that most people didn't like on this show. So it makes me a little happy to know that there someone there is like that's, you. I'm <laughs> glad that my misfortune is giving you the ego boost. Hey, I am the more abrasive and dislikable person than, than you are. Like, <sighs> Um, okay, then Erica continues to say, uh, thank you for answering my question about the Oscar categories. I find some of the very small changes in wording a bit confusing. I, re- I recently went to see The Favorite, and I really enjoyed the movie, but I found myself and my friend were laughing a lot louder than the other people. Have either of you, yes, Taylor, too. <laughs> she put that <laughs> meme on, I'm not saying that. Thank you. Um, have ever been in the situation where you realize you are laughing too loud? Thanks. Um, for me, it was another Yargos movie. 
That's his name, right? Yargos Lathamos yes. is his name. The Lobster. I <laughs> found myself laughing a lot during The Lobster, probably more so than the general audience. I laughed in the final scene, which I won't give it away because we're spoiler free. Mm -hmm. But someone even while I was walking out of the theater commented, oh, someone was laughing during that last <laughs> scene. So, um, But by and large, I'm the person that laughs too loud always in all social circumstances. I remember making my mom laugh during a funeral and her hair caught on fire. So that's just kind of, you know, um, <laughs> what? <laughs> well, hold on. You can't just, you can't just go past that. What are you talking about? <laughs> so, uh, at Russian Orthodox funerals, you have candles at one okay. point of the, um, service. Mm -hmm. And I, I said to my mom, like, wow, like I really hope there's cubed ham at the, the, uh, reception afterwards. And my mom was like, what? I'm like, I really want cubed ham. And uh, she started laughing. But because she was also crying, it was her grandmother's funeral. So <laughs> while she was, you know, she was laughing and crying and she was trying to wipe the tears away, but she was holding the candle. So the candle was very close to her hair. And so, you know, a little bit of fire happened. So she drops the candle. And that's I was very young. Wow. I was like five, maybe. So anyways, I feel like that's my sense of comedic timing <laughs> yeah. is different. Yeah than the general audience <laughs> there you go okay so you're always that person yes here. that's yeah. long story short i'm yeah, always that person, that person who's laughing at inappropriate times or thinks the dark stuff is funny i am always loud um especially in social settings but when it comes to a movie i try to keep quiet like i'm, yeah. I'm a really like conscientious movie watcher but uh i've been known to also laugh at times where no one i can't think of a specific example like recently um I've been with people and they've laughed at really strange times and it's weird. I also have a friend who really uh, likes to to make comments to me during a movie. Like we'll lean over and like usually it's one little thing. Like he's very good at like not talking during a movie, but he'll just like throw in one comment or something and it always just either makes me laugh or like sometimes when it's like really quiet, he a says kappa, something. Like, <laughs> yeah, just something that's like not appropriate and don't don't talk to me but like it always makes me laugh and it's usually at a really bad time so i've had those instances yeah. happen but i would also say i'm more or less i'm i'm pretty good but i have had those moments where i'm clearly the only one laughing or getting excited yeah we're just enthusiastic about yeah. film <laughs> i i think i think we for erica and her friend i think we're we're exactly like we're you. the so, norm yeah so you 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 you're in good company here um, next, from Robert on Twitter, he brings up a very interesting point. He says, next year, the Oscars are going to be one week after the Super Bowl, meaning there will be two Sundays in a row, which for me, that's tough because this year, the Oscars were the day before the NHL trade deadline. So I had two exhausting days in a row, and now I'm going to have two ridiculous weekends in a row. So, much, so much dip. I know, so much dip. <laughs> You're going to OD. <sighs> I, like, I, uh, I almost gained back every pound I lost just at the Oscars with, between dip and, and food and, and the trade deadline and having tacos. It's and, the oh, season. I know. It's winter. So tough. <laughs> um, so this is going to be this is going to be awful. I'm not excited well, about this. Are the hockey trades always around the same time yeah like, so, so it's be gonna little, be pretty be, busy yeah so it'll, it'll probably be like it'll be super bowl. super bowl oscars and then maybe a week later the trade so it might be three weeks in a row so it'll be a little bit more separate but i, oh, I found those two days in a row to be i was so Spread exhausted that dip out you saw me and you were I was, beat i was so beat i was <laughs> i was making my pun was still funny too much excitement says. well i'm sure erica liked the pun 
let us know, Erica. Did you enjoy my pun <laughs> last week? There's a lot of people didn't. There's a lot of people who who were like, "Ouch!" Yeah, on 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 Instagram and Twitter, a lot of people were like that wasn't good. I thought it was great. Royal I'm flush not a pun. Poker. I'm not Come a pun on. person. Whatever. My sister loves puns, so okay. she's more your audience. Um, Trent also off Twitter uh, wants to know uh, what movie is the most rewatchable for you. I have three: The Secret Garden, Dirty Dancing, and um, Pretty Woman. Nice. Um, for me, Back to the Future, uh, any of the Star Trek or Star Wars movies, I can rewatch all over again. Uh, and Indiana Jones. I think that series is extremely rewatchable. Very exciting. Just like adventure. movies that like you don't necessarily have to pay attention to. Maybe like, I guess because I know the story so yeah. well. It's not that like the first time you'd want to pay attention yes. to it, but now I know the story so well, like I can quote the lines. It's like comfort for me. Yeah, I think that's exactly it. Like to me, a rewatchable movie is one that's so comfortable. You could like anytime I on, and this is like being really honest. If I'm upset or I can't sleep, I throw Star Trek on. Yeah. I'm asleep in a half an hour just because it's com you, the, like hearing what you, you're used to. It's a comfort thing mm -hmm. and it reminds you of when you're younger and it kind of works. So I think for rewatchable movies that that all yeah. works. Uh, thanks for the question. Uh, Brian, also from Twitter, says, what franchise that should have ended after the first, like, what franchise should have ended after the first movie? Should have been a standalone. So, should have been a standalone, no sequels, and his picks are The Matrix and The Expendables. I don't know. Like, I don't, I feel like I don't watch, like, a ton of franchise movies, so it's hard for me to be, like... Well, I guess I could answer Saw. Saw yeah. probably did not need to Saw's a great keep going on. Because um, that first movie, I think, was very good. And yeah. the rest of them were not and just became what it was. It's about this. It's one of those things where the studio thought this mm -hmm. is what you liked about yeah. Saw. But we're wrong. <laughs> and um, I, it, I guess because my frame of reference would be horror movies. So um, The Exorcist also didn't need to keep going um and amityville horror mm. so i think those would be but in terms of like like i said like i don't watch marvel i don't watch well marvel's different but you like That's i don't like it's hard stories. i mean shrek one and two were really good maybe shrek three didn't need to happen you know what i mean like yeah. it's hard to be like it should just have been this yeah. one for me, I think, like, Men in Black is the movie I think of. Where okay. I thought the first Men in Black movie was, like, fun and, like, just kind of, like, a harmless action mm -hmm. adventure. But then the second one was really bad. The third one was a little bit better. Like, it kind of – there was, like, a couple of good, like, really nice moments in it. But I just think it could have ended after yeah. the one and you didn't need to do more. Um, but, yeah, I think Saw is a really good pick because I, I really, really like Saw, but I hate the rest of them. We also didn't need Gremlins 2. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> so just throwing that one out there. <laughs> Didn't need Gremlins too. We did not need that one. Uh, I also don't think we needed the second Anchorman movie. Even yeah. though it's just like, whatever, like I put it on and I laugh and I own it and it's fine. But like, I, I, I was, was kind of happy with the like first one being so weird. Like, what is this really odd movie? Like, I think it's better as an oddity as opposed to. Yeah, I agree with you. Story, we didn't but... need. As a, yeah. We probably didn't need a Wayne's World too. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's hard. It's hard to say. Also, when you say like franchise, I think like maybe more like franchises have like three yeah. or four or five. Yeah, he right? does say franchise, but anything that even has a, a sequel, sequel, I, I think, think could. most sequels don't yeah, need to happen. For the most part. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but thank you to everybody. Yeah. Um, Brian, Trent, Robert, Erica, 
Kathy and Matthew for all of your uh, questions and comments. Um, if you do want to get on the show um, and ask us a question, just email us anytime at screeningandkingston at gmail.com or just find us on social media. We have Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. We're Screening in Kingston. Just use the hashtag screening in YGK. We'll find you. Okay, um, we're going to quickly move on uh, and do a, a top 10 list. Yes, I'm excited. I don't know what's on your list. Yeah, we randomly decided to do a top 10 list for streaming of like, what can you stream now to kind of go with the We stream so you didn't have to. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) So we're going to give you, uh, we're going to give you each 10 movies or, or I guess it could have been series. It could be anything. I um, tried to be orthodox in my rules and I chose more or less movies. Oh, I went against the rules. Which is very unusual. Yeah, usually because I, I picked a couple series because because to me I think the whole value of streaming is the series that yeah. they create and the television and and the quality that's there and it's not necessarily the movies. Um, but you be I tried that. to pick movies that are kind of like diamonds in the rough. Yeah, and so did I. I tried to stay away from mainstream things or things that I thought people missed when they came out because maybe they have a bad rep, but yeah. they're actually better than they are um but we will i will say we got to go through this quickly right so let's, we still have to review we still have to review and we've got a lot of headlines to get to so why don't you just go through give us your your 10 talk about a little bit about mm-hmm. each of them but you know not too much detail i'll try not to i know both of us have to stop talking <laughs> uh we just love to talk so much so my number one pick is dumplin which is um a original netflix film mm. with jennifer aniston oh yes she's not really my favorite but she does a great performance as a former beauty queen and her daughter um, as a form of protest, joins a beauty, her mother's beauty pageant, and Dumplin, her nickname, she's overweight. So she's trying mm-hmm. to um, break mm-hmm. boundaries or whatever, but really just like a sweet movie, like out of the blue. And the soundtrack is Dolly Parton. Oh, nice. So, anyways, it's a really like kind of nice, feel good movie. My next movie is also another Netflix original to All the Boys I Loved Before, which, in my opinion, was um, the best rom com of the year it's based on a young adult book series and it stars uh, i forget the name of the actress but she's um an an asian american actress and she um is the love like the the love interest like the main character Hmm. so different from kind of the the typical young romances Mm -hmm. that we see so really interesting representation but also just a very sweet, very lovely rom-com, and there will be um, a couple sequels because it's based on a book series. Another Netflix original, o- Okja. I'm not sure how to pronounce this because it's, it's. Um, I think it takes place in Japan. It's it's spelled O K J A. Oh yes, I've heard of this. Okja. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it features a strange performance by Jake Gyllenhaal, but an amazing <laughs> performance by Tilda Swinton. Um, my girl and Jake Gyllenhaal is also my boys, but watch for a very weird performance off I the think, wall. I think it's safe to say that this show is a fan of Jake Gyllenhaal yes. and his work for the most part. I, I, I'm a fan of his stuff good. too. So Okja is about um, a contest to create um, a genetically modified animal. Oh. Um, and of the little girl who falls in love with her her animal. Okay. Um, and chaos ensues. My fourth pick is the documentary Paris is Burning, yep. which you'll review later, so yep. we won't talk about it. My fifth one is the anth- um, is a series. It's The Haunting of Hill House. I've talked oh, about yes, this movie yeah. um, before. I don't know um, if you want to call it a movie or uh, a TV show. Each episode is an hour. Um, How many episodes are there? 
10. Okay. Yeah, so, so that would be a series. Yeah. And it's kind of a... It, there will be a second season, but it's going to be a different house. So it's oh, kind of like interesting. A, it's like an anthology. Um, beautiful performances. Some of the best horror I've seen this year. Um, number six, What We Do in the Shadows. Mm. I talk about this movie all the <laughs> yes, time. But yeah. um, because it's so good, I say watch it on... If you haven't had an opportunity yet, watch it on Netflix. It's on Netflix. You might as well see it. So you don't funny. have to rent it. Very funny. Another Dig Gyllenhaal, Nightcrawler. Oh, yes. Yeah. Another um, really good one. Love Love it. Um, there's another by the same director, Velvet Buzzsaw. Yeah, have you seen that yet? Not yet. It's yeah, on my list. Yeah, it's on my list too. I haven't got. Also it on yet. Netflix. Also yeah. Jake Gyllenhaal. Yeah. Uh, the Witch, which was a really kind of like it ran under the radar. Well, it was it made big splashes in the horror community. Uh, maybe two or three years ago, it was part of that horror renaissance. Um, it takes place in Puritan america like uh, colonial england um and is about a witch so um a, a kind of a it's more atmospheric more yeah. gothic but to me it's a uh, well worth a watch if you like horror my ninth movie is i tanya yeah. amazing um in my opinion it was a great movie kind of like a biopic about tanya the i don't know her last name uh, harding harding the figure skater who mm-hmm. may may or may not have maimed <laughs> her arch rival <laughs> i mean it's pretty I, anyways the it's movie weird. will let you <laughs> it's it's one of those really interesting things where it really depends upon what's topical each year because you see all the controversy around with around the truth behind yeah. the movie green book and the truth behind the movie bohemian rhapsody mm-hmm. but there was almost none of it for i tanya except in the sports world like i listen to a lot yeah. of sports broadcasts and all the sports people were like can you believe tanya harding was actually like at the oscars isn't that so weird and nobody she's really portrayed talked as about the it. victim in the movie exactly whereas in the sporting world in the 90s she was the villain oh yeah in the sporting world it's still people yeah. are like what do you like what i know it's <laughs> but it's so strange how i mean it's not that strange but it's interesting when you point out these things where well I, Tanya, I guess, just wasn't topical enough to have that much of a controversy around, whereas the stuff in Green Book mm-hmm. and everything about Human Rhapsody is. Like, it's a, it's a current topic, so of course it's going to bring that with it. But then I, Tanya, which is guilty of similar things, doesn't bring all that. It's very interesting. Great movie, though. Oh, it is a great movie. Oh, <laughs> and a phenomenal performance. Yeah, oh, great. Oh, this is, again, separate. Yes. The movie is, yes. is great. Um, maybe do like a little bit of research about Tanya Harding. Everything, yeah, anything that could be potentially true. Do My research. My tenth movie is The Florida Project, which came out oh, yes. um, last year. Yeah. I would recommend that because it's a little bit more of an indie movie. It did come into the screening room, but if you missed it at the screening room, you probably missed it in general. Yeah, that flew under a lot of people's um, radar for sure. Really um, interesting, minimalistic storytelling, but a beautiful portrayal of living poverty in America. Which that type of poverty is right here in Kingston. We don't talk about. Mm-hmm. but I thought it was a very humane portrayal of um, living poverty. And then my bonus movie, this is a Taylor pick, is Girl Interrupted. It's a 1999 or 98 with Winona Ryder and uh, Angelina Jolie. And it's based on a memoir also called Girl Interrupted about a young girl who gets committed to um, a psychiatric hospital in the 60s. And... Um, very informative of my teen years, but also just a really great movie. I think it might have been up for an Oscar during that year. That sounds familiar, yeah. Um, either like Best Screenplay or something. I think maybe even That's Angelina great. Jolie was nominated for Best Supporting, but yeah. um, 
a good kind of oldie but a goodie that's awesome that's great yeah, that's my blitzkrieg of <laughs> um that, that's great there's a lot of good, different variety mm-hmm. in there for everybody um my list um yeah I, there's a couple things that people might have heard of on here but i tried i tried to either pick things that i also felt flew under the radar or just for whatever reason aren't that mainstream or you, you've heard or bad that i think are not that bad <laughs> um so my so for my 10 first i want to begin with lost in space the TV series. So the Netflix original TV series just came out last year. I think it's a 10-episode season as well. I think it's getting a season two. It is excellent. Um, it Lost in Space was... I can't remember what decade it was in, but a long time ago, there was a TV series, Lost in Space, uh, back when television was just going from black and white to, to color. So it was like very, a very old TV show. Uh, if you're interested in science fiction, it's a fantastic show, but it's just, it's really well done. So I highly recommend that. Number two, now I went a little off Netflix. Because okay. I also have Crave. So I threw some Crave options If in I there. knew this was a rule, I would have thrown you some Amazon Prime. Well, I didn't know. I, honestly, I didn't, we didn't discuss anything other <laughs> than like, we're doing, yeah, I think it was your idea. You're like, we're going to do a top 10 list. And like, that was it. Um, so I picked The Newsroom, a TV series that has... A little only, bit older. Yeah, a little older. Um, like, I think it's like 2011, 12, and 13. It had three seasons. Aaron Sorkin wrote it. Um the, every episode of that that series, it is one of the best, I think, television series that have ever existed. It was an HBO show. It's now on Crave. Go watch it. If you're interested in American politics, absolutely go watch it. But if you're just interested in like amazing writing and well-developed characters, go watch it. Um, my number three is Moon, which is on Netflix, yeah. uh, a movie that I think uh, was passed over for a lot of award consideration. Sam Rockwell. Sam Rockwell his best performance I've ever seen. Um, pretty much just him the whole time. It's an amazing movie. And a twist. And, and lots of great <laughs> twists. Um, number four, Pride and Prejudice and Zombies. Oh, so, yeah. that's This is one that is considered bad. Well, <laughs> yeah, but it's it's fun. It's bad, but it's fun. This is a movie that's a lot of fun. And if you don't take it too seriously and not don't worry too much about it, you will enjoy it. For that person who asked me a question weeks ago, like, can't, can't you just... Take things less, like not take things less seriously. Here you go, *Pride and Prejudice* and *Zombies*. It's a lot of fun. I really enjoy it. That's the good thing about Netflix, hey? Mm-hmm. There's a lot of great stuff yeah. on it, and you can just it doesn't. I mean, you're you've already paid your eight nine bucks, bucks or eight or whatever. bucks, or whatever. Oh, well, I, I think it's like know. eleven now. No, who knows? My dad pays. Yeah, for I don't Netflix. even pay for mine, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> um, number five, um, I looped these together: *The Punisher*, *Jessica Jones*, and *Daredevil*. The Marvel TV series is of all three. They're the best of the ones they've produced. Even if you do not, if you do not like superhero movies, you will really enjoy um, these three series. Daredevil is a well-developed, basically crime drama. Jessica Jones is an amazing character piece, and I, I mean. For all those people out there who are looking for think pieces and talking about fe- strong female characters, go watch Jessica Jones. Uh, and The Punisher is just basically an action TV show, but again, it's just so well written and so well done that I think the characters really come through beyond the genre. Recently canceled. Recently canceled, but I think that's because Disney's getting them in their streaming service. Mm. Uh, number six, Hello, My Name is Doris. Um, which is a Netflix. It was a movie that came out um, a couple years ago, I think two years ago, and um, Sally Fields 
uh, was, I believe, passed over for an Oscar nomination. Mm. Um, an amazing uh, performance by her. It's a romantic comedy, um, but with a lot of interesting uh, nuances to it. So, Hello, My Name is Doris, also on Netflix. Uh, number seven, Race, which is also on Netflix, um, which really tells a story of, of um, someone trying to enter the Olympics and run, um, and he's African-American, and it's really about... It's actually based on a true story. Um, and but it's not about, a documentary. No, no, it's, it's a... Film. Film. Um, and it's about the Olympics that was held in Germany mm -hmm. just before the start, I believe, of the Second World War. Like, it, like, I think it was like 35 or 30. Yeah, it was like within that time Jesse frame. Owens. Jesse Owens. Yes, that's his name. Um, again, it passed under the radar, but is actually pretty good. I don't know why it never got any attention. It was a pretty good movie, and I, I really enjoyed it. Um, number eight, Yes Man, if you're just looking for a comedy, <laughs> Jim Carrey, um, one of his forgotten later movies, but I think is is worth watching. Um, just an interesting concept of a guy who says yes to everything. Um, number nine is on Crave, call, a movie called Tag, which came out last year, which a lot of people say Buddy is really flag. bad. Yeah, it is. I really loved I loved this movie. It was so much fun. It was so interesting. If you like The Hangover, you're going to love this movie. It's it's the, the pretty much the, the same style of comedy. There's a lot of cool, interesting circumstances. The characters are really fun. It's based on a true story. It's really interesting. Uh, and then number 10, my favorite movie from 2018, Love, Simon, is on Crave. So go watch it. Was it a Netflix original? No. 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 It, was, it had a wide release. So there you go. There's there's our top 10 of things to go stream right now if you're looking for something to stream. Um, so before we get into our reviews, I want to have like a real quick. No, I'm not. We're not going to do that because we're going to talk about it later. Never mind. The... It, it can connect enough with the Steven Spielberg. All right, well, just remember to circle around back. I hope I do. <laughs> I probably won't. It happens all the time. Um, OK, Black Panther. Let's start there. I thought it I was like a, you. it was an RA movie. Okay, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> and moving on. <laughs> I think, well, my, one of my problems with action movies is I feel like the action sequences go on too long. Like, action movies focus on thing, or like superhero movies, whatever you want to say, um, focus long on things that I don't care about and short on things that I do care about. So, like, <laughs> okay. when his cousin comes... Killmonger. Killmonger, yeah. It felt like so, him becoming, this will have a minor, minor spoilers, but him essentially becoming king. It's been out long enough that I think we could, like, yeah. we're going to spoil these two movies. Yeah. Well, your documentary came out in the 80s, so people yeah, can deal. And enough. it's a documentary. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. anyways, when Killmonger essentially takes power, I felt like that happened so fast. Well, I mean, that's the rule of you know that that's what happens like in in marvel movies no no in 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 wakanda that's the the he can challenge like you saw it because that's why they they have the challenge at the beginning anyone can I challenge know he, i know i know like technically but in terms of like character development oh, okay. and right. pacing like in terms of story yeah it made sense but right. in terms of like the things i care about right. pacing story development character development i'm like I got whiplash. Okay. And then, like, so I felt like the first half, and then, yeah, I the biggest problem for me is pacing. And mm. I think, like, I don't care about battle scenes, even in, like, historical dramas. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, right, right. But, like, which are especially prevalent in action and it's superhero. It's not tempo or it's, cup of tea. It's not my cup of tea. Yeah. It's not my... <laughs> It's not my, it's not my Erica. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, um, yes. But, like, um, I thought it was um, 
like an interesting movie but again like there's it reminds me there's like a reason why i don't mm. watch those types right. of movies um but it, you were right that i didn't really need like the marvel framework no. in no. order to watch it um so that was good my boyfriend kept saying like how annoying the sister was and that made me annoyed of the sister too <laughs> well i don't find it what <laughs> He's like, oh, she's so annoying. She's and at first annoying. I was neutral, and then he kept saying, and I'm she's like, you're hilarious. right, she is annoying. So, <laughs> so anyways, that's kind of, for me, it was like a streaming movie. Like, it wouldn't be a movie that I would see in mm. theaters, but if someone was like, hey, Taylor, do you want to even Even, this? like, does seeing action on the big screen not change your mind for you? Because I, I find there's a huge difference between seeing those action sequences in a massive theater than sitting at home. They still, for me, feel too long. Okay. Like, in real life, a battle, like, you take a look at historical drama. Like, they'll yeah. spend, like, 14 minutes on a battle. In yeah. real life, that battle would have been over in 30 seconds. So, well, it like, depends on the battle. Some battles went on for a very long time. But, like, I'm thinking, like, 1800s. Okay. Like, any movie that, like, okay. yeah, like, any movie <laughs> that Russell Crowe's in, for instance. Okay, all the... the Wait, so you don't like Gladiator? No, I like Gladiator, but even like those. You didn't. You were like, like even in um, a Knight's Tale, like the jousting scenes feel too long you gotta to be me. Kidding. A Knight's Tale is so. Oh, which okay. I love a Knight's Tale, path, but... but so I want like rich character development mm -hmm. and like I feel like with superheroes because they're established characters from source material that the film the film creators kind of take for granted that you've engaged with the source material. Maybe yeah, a little bit. I mean, Black Panther is the first movie like these marvel movies generally take into account that they're building over time it's to me marvel movies are basically like an expensive long-running television show. yeah so really you end up getting into a circumstance where um you you have to grow and learn a little bit with the character mm -hmm. so i think that yeah if you had seen captain america civil war you'd have a little bit more um information about black panther yeah because he appeared in that only a little bit but a little bit but well basically, even my my boyfriend said like oh by the way the dad died the dad, in the yeah, other movie yeah, yeah. just so you know so like King, and he King would Chaka, say yeah i think like the criminal like the south african criminal yes. was in the other movies yeah. too yeah so you know yeah, my boyfriend bah, was there yeah. to be like oh by the way that person's from this one yes, yeah that's good <laughs> yeah because i think that like you pro like probably Black Panther, yes, but I think like Captain America, I think is a well developed character, right? You know, even like into the standards that you're mm -hmm. talking about. I think you having if you watched all the movies, you would probably say, okay, he has an, a, arc he has an arc, and yeah, he's yeah. interesting. Whereas I think Black Panther is just being introduced, so all those out, so they're taking time with it. Unlike most movies where they're like, okay, the arcs exist within this movie. Marvel is saying Black Panther will grow over six movies. And I watch movies. Like, I want it to be a yeah. self contained story. Yeah, you story. want it to be a self contained Which is why yeah. I don't yeah. watch, like, a lot of franchises. Totally. And, yeah. Well, there you go. So mine's a stream app. What did you think of um, Paris is Burning? Um, it was it was good. I mean, you can... Uh, the, the it, it came out in the 90s or something, and it was, like, filmed in, like, the late 80s. So the first thing I will say is, like... I mean, at first I was like, wow, the film quality is terrible, but it's dated. It's older. So it, it makes sense that it's not quite um, up to the standards of like today in terms of filming. But um, and also she made the film on like arts grants. Yeah, no, for sure. No. And, and hey, I'll, I'll always I'll always take those things into consideration. But the comment still stands. It, it's it's a low yeah. quality 
film. Um, but that's in terms of the filming. The actual content of it is great. I thought it was very interesting. I thought the pacing was actually very, very good. Um, there was no point where I felt like, okay, we're like, we're spending too long and everything. Everything that was introduced is so dynamic that I was like, oh, that's like really interesting. Oh, that's like cool. It kept me focused and kept me interested. Um, nothing I would say of impact for me happened till quite later. Yeah. They spent a long time at the beginning really developing what, what, what is this ball that people go to? Mm -hmm. Um, what, what does it mean to be, um, uh, I think a legacy or and part of a house. Yeah. And part of a house and what that meant and all the different interest, like categories. And basically, um, for those who haven't seen it, the documentary follows, um, a group of variety age wise of people who are, are part of the LGBTQ plus community, a lot um, different people. You get a lot of people who would recognize themselves as drag queens. You get a lot of people who recognize themselves as um, going through gender changes. So it ends up actually introducing, I think, about six or seven characters like that you, core. yeah, the core characters that you kind of keep with throughout the documentary. But you actually meet a lot of people within that, um, and these sort of gala balls sort of things that they they run is basically a a catwalk competition where you you enter different there are literal different categories like well there's a category like um going to school is a category and you and you <laughs> school basically outfit. school outfit and you basically dress up like you're going to school and you walk the catwalk and you're scored on it and people take it very seriously it's i would describe it almost as and i'm not uh, my queer history is not up to date but it essentially uh, rupaul's drag race is an extension of this culture that grew um, in the 80s and 90s. Mm -hmm. So what we understand kind of as um, drag culture, I think was um, really um, like modern drag culture really took form at these balls. Well, and they talk about the influence that these balls had on on the culture moving forward, mm -hmm. especially in the document. They talk a lot about um, the idea of voguing and sort of having a confrontation, but instead of getting physical and fighting, you're dancing it out or you're sort of throwing shade as they call it at each other like it, it becomes this really interesting culture that's mm -hmm. developed out of out of this document and you actually see it grow as it goes it starts off and you're introduced to um some of these balls and it's like sort of like smaller like rec centers at the backs of churches and then it grows bigger and bigger as you go through it and it's it's actually really interesting to kind of see um how it evolved even just just in the i think it was like a 90 minute documentary it's not long um within that but yeah i i found it very interesting i thought it was um really well done story-wise introducing the characters um every character was interesting and, and different in a unique way there was similarities in terms of the stories and the hardships that they've gone through which i think a lot of people um who are part of that community could appreciate they talk and it is heavy at times which i, I will say just a warning um, if this is something you're sensitive about, like it is a heavy documentary. They deal with like homelessness, drug abuse, yeah, sexual and a, abuse. Yeah, and a lot of the people you meet have been kicked out of their house by their parents and they might be a little bit younger and some people are older and have gone through that and are kind of mentoring and becoming kind of like the new family for younger people who are going through this. So yeah, I, overall, I, I really recommend watching it. Like I, I would give it like a see it for sure. Um, but I would say be prepared, you know, if you, if to... To, if you're the type of person who, who is emotionally attached to things that you watch, it's heavy at times. Yeah, trigger I, warnings for yeah, this one. Yeah, I would say there are trigger warnings in this one, absolutely. Um, but it, within saying that, a good documentary, a good drama, and a good um, think piece 
also throws elements of comedy and mm-hmm. throws elements of lighthearted, and it does. Like there are some great moments. There's some amazing personalities that come through in this. So yeah, I, I say, go see it. Well, stream it, but watch it. <laughs> it's on Netflix. Paris is burning. I, I give it a, a see it for sure. Yeah, even if you just want to know, like understand better voguing like yeah. madonna kind of i think now people give voguing credit to madonna and really she appropriated it yes from this community yeah. um this movie came out i think like two years before vogue came out as a single i think it came out in 1990 like i think that's when it yeah. came out but it, it it was filmed through like 87 88 89 mm-hmm. i think because i think they jump a little bit in time but yeah. the filmmaker met these people i think when she was in university Mm -hmm. and then she started um taking still photographs of the balls and then thought i need to film the balls because they're more um you know the they're the movement so beautiful i think a beautiful documentary absolutely yeah it's great there you go. Those are the movies we we picked for each other. And there you yeah. go. This I think it worked out. Yeah, it worked out well. Out. Yeah. I think it was interesting to kind of, because I think we're getting to know e- each other's uh, like film history and what mm-hmm. we've seen and haven't seen. And I think we both picked for good reasons. Yeah. The ones that we picked. So there you go. Okay. Let's, uh, let's get on to Not a Great Plan. We got a lot to talk about. It's time for everyone's favorite segment, beloved by every single listener. Not a great plan. Let's do a head count here. Your brother, the demigod, a super soldier, a living legend who kind of lives up to the legend, a man with breathtaking anger management issues, a couple of master assassins, and you, big fella. You've managed to piss off every single one of them. That was the plan. Not a great plan. That's right, it's not a great plan where we take a look at headlines and current movie news and see what Tony Stark thinks of them. Here's our first headline. Steven Spielberg is gunning to make sure Netflix never has another Oscars contender like Roma. Not a great plan. There's Steven. so much to talk. So, this, so we have we have 15 minutes left in the show, and I'm challenging us to spend most of our talking time on this first point, and then with the other ones, we'll just spend a little yeah, bit of time yeah, yeah. on. So we can talk a lot here, but not anywhere else. This is the wrong approach to this so-called problem, this so-called streaming war and streaming versus cinema and all that stuff. And and I really think it's just it, this is the evolution of movies. Movies yeah. are evolving to a different standpoint, and it's already here, so fighting it is not going to do any good. You just have to learn how to work within it. Like Steven Spielberg, I'm sure Netflix would love to throw money at you to direct a new movie. So anyways, Spielberg um, represents some sort of board at the Oscars. So this week he's going to the Oscar board and saying, we need new guidelines to who's who's allowed to uh, you know be nominated he considers um netflix movies especially like netflix original movies Mm -hmm. um tv movies made for tv so he thinks that netflix should only be um eligible for emmys not oscars um and i think that is crazy (laughs) netflix has made a response saying um essentially not calling Spielberg out by name, I don't think, but essentially saying like, that's a really elitist view of film. We make movies accessible to the 
to the mainstream audience, people who maybe, you know, live in rural communities and don't have access to Mm -hmm. movie theaters or, um, and Netflix does an amazing job of making documentary film and foreign film available on their platform system. Movies that you probably wouldn't get to see in a cineplex. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of what Spielberg is advocating for is essentially major multiplex movie theaters. People don't really, I mean, people still go to movies like that, but we see movies in, that's only one way we see movies now, you know? So I think it's so dated. (laughs) And I also think that, I mean, I'll be the first to say, like, I think Netflix's original movies are not as good as their documentaries or TV series, Mm -hmm. but they are, there's real filmmakers working on them. There's money being spent. There's a lot of jobs being created. Like it's doing the same thing that film is. All we're talking about is the apparatus for consumption, which shouldn't eliminate a film from being considered for anything in terms of like the Oscars. Um, but to me, this comes from an unnecessary sense of, of um, insecurity where it's just a f- I mean, I love Steven Spielberg, but when you do this, when you complain about something that's already here in this manner, you just sound old and dated. He's he's like, oh, it makes him sound like, oh, I'm a purist yeah, and, about and, film. And but this is, art evolves. Yeah. Catch up. Talk to Wendy at the screening room. She'll tell you that her numbers have never been better for people coming to it. And last year, I did research. So in 2018, they had a better year at the box office for movies than the previous two. So, so Netflix and streaming is not hurting people going to the movies. People are still – they're just doing both. And, and exactly the point is like Roma would not have been seen by people if it hadn't been for the fact that it was on Netflix. In no way would Roma be in the Cineplex. No. It was in um, – the screening room got it for a limited engagement and some other places did get it. But unless you have a screening room like we're lucky enough to have mm-hmm. one, there's movies and films we would never see until, until Netflix. So, yeah, I, I agree. I think that this is just – you know, I think it sounds elitist and it's not necessary is sort of my point. There's there's no harm here. Well, there's um, a conspiracy at foot, in my opinion. So oh. <laughs> so there's, yeah, there's a little bit notes. there's okay. more notes to this. <laughs> and I'm like and then I finally had a ha ha moment with moment with green and a ha moment with green. You found it was funny. OK, <laughs> so um, this is the quote. Steven Spielberg breathed a sigh of relief when Roma despite a reported 50 million marketing push on behalf of Netflix, failed to win Best Picture over Green Book, which was produced by the filmmakers Amblin Entertainment. Mm. So now, A, now I know why the Green Book felt like a Spielberg movie. It was. (laughs) Yeah, he produced it. Yeah, yeah. Um, But two, so it seems like um, Spielberg knows now that he's competing against streaming service movies. You know what I mean? So he wants to change the game. He wants to change mm-hmm. the rules to ensure that movies like Green Book continue to win as opposed to Netflix. Just make a good movie, and that's how you deal with competition. Or make shitty movies, and you'll still win, a.k.a. Green Book. Well, <laughs> but I mean, you know what I mean. What I mean is that in or- if you feel ever in life that you're competing with someone, just do your th- the thing that you do better then. Like, I, I, I hate that. I've always hated that adage of like, okay— I'm in a competition now, so I got to do everything to hurt the other person. If you were good enough, you wouldn't need to worry about it. And Steven Spielberg is, used to be at least, he used to be a filmmaker who honestly was good enough to, to, to not care. But his last couple movies have been not good. He at still all. makes movies how he made movies in the 80s and 90s. He has not adjusted to the time frame we have. And if he did, he probably still would be one of the best filmmakers working. I mean, James Cameron 
is a great example of that. Someone who's made movies in every decade and is just like, look how many years he's spending on an Avatar sequel. Why is he doing that? Because it's going to make a lot of money and people are going to like it. Yeah, they are. They're I going know. to. I know. Even though I'm pishing it. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't. I'm. Hey, I wasn't a huge fan of Avatar, but what he did and tried to do with technology. Well, people to loved be it. People were killing themselves because yeah. they couldn't be part of the Navi world or yeah. whatever. So, yeah. so it struck I, a chord. I think the best way to combat this is by by being innovative and new and good. It just it really just grinds my gears that yeah. he like wants to go to the academy and propose these yeah. rule changes and yeah. oh my gosh, grow it's up! Just, it's just gonna <laughs> exclude more people, frankly. That's all it's gonna do. And one of the contentions is that you know Netflix is able to afford um, to market their movies. There, there, Netflix can afford to spend more money on marketing than a studio does. Well, why are you penalizing Netflix? Yeah. For their you know the way if your they... studio is more successful you could spend more marketing money too though that's, that's like again that's the thing and then yeah so long story short they think netflix kind of almost has like an unfair advantage but also the movies are and comparing it to a made to tv movie like to me that's, that's saying you know it's of lower because there's a negative connotation with made for tv movies so you're saying oh, a well-earned yeah. negative connotation Yes, but like movies like Dumplin' and To All the Boys I Loved Before, mm-hmm. both Netflix originals, to me, were better than any rom-com that's mm-hmm. come out in a major studio yeah. in the last five years. No, they can make great work, yeah. So, yeah, I think Spielberg, but I have a Spielberg bias, so. <laughs> we'll I like unpack, his earlier stuff. We'll but unpack at a later yeah. date. Okay, all right, so, next headline. Johnny Depp now suing Amber Heard for defamation over abuse claims. Not a great plan. <laughs> like Johnny Depp just just move on get out like the, I think originally um we talked about a headline uh he made a headline a couple months ago yes, he did, yeah. um Disney kind of cut ties with him um based around these abuse allegations as far as I know and listeners you can correct me if I'm wrong I think um the suit was kind of settled out of court like I think you know uh, it, it was, was one of those things it was settled like yeah. that was what happened yeah and yeah. she she received $7 million from him in a settlement, either that being the divorce settlement or yeah. what have you. Uh, yeah. And then she turned around and donated the, that money to um, charities that help um, battered women. Yeah. So she didn't even profit no. from. So now Johnny Depp is suing her saying, you know, you um, orchestrated a hoax. Um, I think those were the words he used. You have orchestrated a hoax in order to improve your career and penalize mine. Um, So he's suing her for damages. And it's like, "Mm, Johnny Depp, you're in the news for other things aside from Amber. Yeah, that's the thing. Like if it was, you know, I would if it was an isolated incident and there was only this one thing and there was a lot of controversy around it happened. And like if someone is actually innocent, I understand that like. You would want to prove slander, your innocence. Slander, you know, you want to. Yeah, but like, come on, man. It seems like the evidence is overwhelming that That's he's at what fault I'm to in, say. like, if not Amber's case, like, um, multiple of his former employees are suing him for damages. Um, I'm pretty sure he like assaulted um, a staff member did, recently. Yeah, yeah. Just like it's one of those. It's like, um, yeah, it's just, just kind of messy. I feel, I feel strongly that yeah. I mean, it's it, to me, it's it's always important to try to like go through things with well research especially if you're like a judge or a lawyer or in an actual position of power to do anything about this but i think as a society the good thing that we're doing is we're making a shift to we should be believing her when she comes out and says these things and with all the other evidence and all the stuff i've read i'm kind of like 
And there was a settlement, Johnny. Yeah, there's that a settlement, like, man. That's pretty much saying, like, we're closed. settling, case closed. <laughs> like, yes, it's not a conviction, but settlements are usually one side being like, we can't get a convic- conviction, so we're going to settle. And the fact that she then donated this money, like, I'm sorry, actions to me speak, speak loud as words, and I think... You know, this is the fact that she clear. gave the money away yeah, to me. Like if you if she was looking to profit from it, she would have just taken the money. Also, but that was 2017. It. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? To do two on. years later, like it's he ridiculous. obviously is hurting financially. Well, now, and, and she just had a big, huge movie in Aquaman. So crazy. OK, next headline. An in-sync road trip comedy is in the works. Thanks to Lance Bass. Not a great plan. This might actually be a good plan. No, this sounds awful. <laughs> Lance Bass is now producing. I didn't know this. He's kind of gone into the musical. He, I think he is involved with Broadway, but he's also okay. doing producing. And this story, this story is actually based on a true story. In the 90s, two girls or, you know, young adults went on The Price is Right, won a Winnebago, took the Winnebago, and followed NSYNC on their last farewell tour. Wow. And then and this movie is going to be based on this? Yes, this story. Wow. And, you know, NSYNC met them and paid the taxes on the Winnebago for them. Um, so this is what... The movie's going to be about these two girls and their road trip, which actually, you know, the headline makes it sound like it's an in-sync musical. It's actually about these two girls. Yeah, it might be interesting. I don't you know, know, winning the win. Just like life like, is stranger than fiction. Yeah. Going on yeah. prices Right, winning the Winnebago, yeah. taking it on the concert tour. If that's what it's going to be about, yeah, that's way more interesting. And Lance Bass did say that there is going to be music. Um, so whether or not this will be a musical, yeah, you know, like, know. is it going to yeah. feature NSYNC? It just makes it sound like it's it's a road trip musical where NSYNC takes a road trip to yeah. save the world or something. Like, you know, but like, what was that, little... Spice World? <laughs> Which is a good movie. No. Meatloaf is in it. Yeah. Anyways. Anyway. So, well, <laughs> truth and time will tell about this Time will tell, musical. and I, I look forward to more updates on the yeah. NSYNC musical. I hope it becomes our new Barbie where we talk about it for several yes. weeks in a row. Um, okay, next headline. Rami Malek in final talks to play the villain in Bond 25. Not a great plan. So you don't think this is a good plan? I just don't see him like 25. This is like the big, you know, Bond movie mm-hmm. anniversary. Mm-hmm. Um, last Daniel Craig. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. It just seems like I guess now it makes more sense because he's coming off the Oscar win. But they were already in talks with him as the villain beforehand. To me, he's not Bond 25 villain. But I also I couldn't. Don't know. He looks kind. I mean, I no offense. He just looks a little creepy. Those eyes. It, the, his <laughs> eyes and like, because he does have like a, a very bony face. Yeah. He does kind of look villainous. Like I could see it. He's got it. that like androgynous. And when he in, in, I mean, he can play a very strange character because in in Mister um, Mister Robot, his TV series, that now that character is not a villain, but he's set. He, he you know morally ambiguous. Yeah, he's morally ambiguous, and he's a very interesting character. So like, I could see it. Um, yeah, is it the big name I expected them to have? No. Also, because I feel like he's too young to play a Bond he is very villain. Young, yeah, but, that's, but again, I don't know, that might be kind of cool. Trendy, yeah. like he's a tech quiz. I don't know. That that like movie and that whole series needs a facelift anyway because Dan O'Craig just doesn't clearly doesn't want to be there anymore. Out. Um, so I don't this movie's got to be. be I, this movie has to be good. It's the 25th anniversary. So like, if Rami Malek makes it good, I'm up for it. Yeah. So we'll okay. see. Got time for one more? Pick your favorite and let's go. Uh, Will Smith too busy doing cool Facebook challenges to be in James Gunn's Suicide Squad sequel. Not a great plan. Yeah, when I heard this, I was not happy because I thought him and Margot Robbie were the best part of Suicide Squad. Essentially, that's what the article said. the the <laughs> the things The things that were attracting them to the Suicide Squad sequel are now dwindling <laughs> very quickly. Um, 
uh, Will Smith kind of cited a scheduling conflict. Um, Margot Robbie, it's kind of up in the air how much she'll even be in the sequel because she's now filming the Birds of Prey movie. Mm -hmm. So it may be more of a cameo for Margot Robbie. So it's like, really, this movie is going to be, from my understanding, very different from the original, which will be a good thing. But to kind of take away the things that people liked about the first one, you know, yeah. it's like, should we, are we even calling this a sequel? Can we even call it a reboot? Like, yeah. it seems like a completely different movie. So, Well, I'm, I want to see what happens with it. But I, anyway. Um, okay, that's all the time we have today. Um, that's, that's screening in Kingston or streaming in Kingston this week. Um, we'll be back uh, next week uh, with another movie review of something opening at the screening room. So we'll see you next week. Go stream some movies.